Hey, Cracked fans. As winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Crack Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips, they've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma string users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma strings, maybe now's the time to start, but they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You hear us talk all the time about our friends over at Gamma Sports, and we are so excited today to be joined by two of the men behind the scenes that make everything at Gamma possible. We are joined by Chuck Wiedmeyer and Ewan Melifont to talk about the latest developments happening at Gamma. Of course, if you have been involved in tennis, you have certainly had a Gamma product come across your line of sight, whether it be the ball hoppers, whether it be the nets, whether it be stringing machines, whether it be strings you see other players using Gamma has been such a part of the tennis ecosystem since its founding. And of course, we wanted to talk to Chuck and Ewan about that founding, talk about how Gamma has established itself as part of the fabric of what makes the tennis world possible, of course. Also wanted to pick their brains on their tennis experiences. Also wanted to know uh, their thoughts about the upcoming clay court slog, because certainly that is something all of us are thinking about as tennis fans. It's a fantastic interview that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. I do want to quickly point out there are a lot of things happening right now in the tennis world. So if you are looking for more content covering the 1,000-level event we just saw unfold on the ATP and WTA Tour, if you're trying to learn about what's happening in this college tennis postseason, rest assured you can catch up on everything by turning to our website, CrackedRackets.com. Uh, of course, we ha- will have plenty more podcasts here on this Cracked Interviews feed over the next week, preparing all of you for the NCAA postseason, so be on the lookout for all of that as well. But with that in mind, let's get to today's interview with Gamma Sports, Chuck Wiedmeyer and Ewan Mellenfont. Joining us on today's podcast is our friends over at Gamma Sports. Let's start with the director of product marketing joining us on the call today, Chuck Wittmeyer. Chuck, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. And joining us on the line as well, he is, I believe, the stringing machine technician and a USRSA certified master racket technician. If you are a master <laughs> at anything, you must be doing something right. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, uh, Yuan uh, Malifant. Yuan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? It's great I, to be here. Yeah, I can't complain. Again, I feel like this is one of those times for me where I get to meet two new friends and all of us haven't been doing that a lot over these past 15 months, so I will absolutely take it as a victory. But I just want to start, of course, by saying we here at Cracked Rackets so grateful uh, for your guys' continued support of everything we are doing. And I, you know, on today's podcast, want to share with our listeners a little bit more about Gamma, tell them, you know, what they are missing out on if they haven't already turned to Gamma, what they can do uh, by turning to Gamma now, the new products you guys have in line. But let's start big picture. Because there are a lot of options out there, right, for tennis fans when it comes to rackets, when it comes to strings, when it comes to stringers, when it comes to all equipment. Uh, let's just start with some origin stories, Chuck. How does Gamma Sports go from, you know, be, you know, growing into, you know, a multifaceted racket sporting company? Well, it all starts in the basement of a doctor, Harry Ferrari. Uh, he was a nuclear engineer for Westinghouse Company. And uh, he was an avid tennis player. And back in the day, the natural gut strings weren't coated as they are now. So while he was playing tennis one day, he was, uh, had his gut strings in his racket playing very well. And as no, many people know, or may not know with the newer generations, but once your gut strings back then without the coating got wet, you had to put the racket away. You couldn't play when it was wet conditions because when it dried, it broke very easily. It would break overnight in your cover. So he switched to a nylon racket and he noticed a difference immediately in the play. So what he set out to do, because he was a materials expert, was to find out how I can make my synthetic gut play much better that to comparable of natural gut at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, started it and come up with a nice, nice idea, radiating tennis string, changed the molecular properties of the string before you know it, he found something that he was able to patent and develop from there. So he started a basement uh, business in his basement. We used to purchase string from him, and we would tape the check to the front door inside. And he'd leave the strings in his storm door, pick them up, and, and a lot of local tennis pros did that. That's how he was game out to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the business started to grow, and he, he found a little office building right next to a racket club where I happened to be one of the owners, and I was the director of tennis, and I taught tennis there. And he also played there. So I got to be good friends with him and his group of tennis players. Uh, I actually started teaching his wife and his two children. Um, I would then be able to test product for him. He would have the office up next door. The gentleman would come down and eat lunch. They'd bring their grips, new strings. Can you try these out? Because I was still playing a lot of tournament tennis after college. And uh, eventually one day I uh, ended up leaving the racket club and going to work for him. No, that's. Hey, I feel like most good ideas start a in a basement and are pioneered by someone with the last name Ferrari. So I feel like you guys have all of your bases covered. Two good uh, connections. Yeah, absolutely. Here at Gamma, and you know, again, and I promise you, on I'm I'm coming to you shortly. But Chuck, in terms of that uh, development of gut and you know synthetic strings, that was obviously a big moment 
in tennis history. Right. And again, uh, just describing what it was before because uh, versus what it is now, you see the ball exploding off of these rackets and these players able to manufacture pace that they just weren't 20, 30 years ago. How much right. of that is a direct result of the development and the uh, development in technologies related to string? Well, strings have come a long way and I think they've extended the life of some players careers I mean because you were able to I mean a good example is James Blake and some of the players in his generation they found a string that all of a sudden they could swing as hard as they want wanted to swing and keep the ball in the court and that I'm speaking of polyester strings we are uh, most super synthetic area uh, we do have polyester strings. We have some very good polyester strings. So a lot of our strings mesh together when players want to use a hybrid. They use a poly and a main, and they come up with our, our cross strings. Our strings gave the average player lots more power. The ball, the energy was returned quickly from the strings into the ball. So a lot of, of the club players or the intermediate players uh, could really help themselves if they couldn't generate power just with their own swing speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And for the record, and I can't believe I didn't lead with this, Chuck. Did you go to Slippery Rock? I did. Is that did. is that the Slippery Rock? Is that the one in Michigan? No. Is that, it? That is the one that we played our football game, and I was there in 1979 <laughs> in Michigan Stadium versus Shippensburg. We were in the big house. Yeah, you were there. So I, this, yeah, I wore the Michigan jacket unintentionally, I promise, but I happened to be a Wolverine back in the day, and I was I can't believe I didn't lead with this, and I apologize for the tangent here, but does that make you a Michigan man through and through? Uh, I'm a, I'm, I love the uniforms. I like Michigan football. I could say yes. Um, I used to go to a place up there called Dooley's. I don't know if it's still up of there. Of course, of course it is. And, uh, I can tell you that we and my friends drank for free that night. All we had to do is trade our hats and T-shirts for the bartenders. <laughs> I got all kind of good stories about that. That was that yeah. was a good time. Both times we went on up there. Yeah, it was no, amazing I, seeing I, sixty thousand people for a small game, and the place was still half empty. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. Again, I, I mean, every Michigan game, it's you'll get the score update about Slippery Rock leads or Slippery Rock trails. That's part of the tradition, and that's also half the fun. And um, you know, again, speaking of half the fun, I feel like this is a great place to bring you in, you on, because talking about these string technologies, you see what these players are stringing at now. And I feel like you know, I, I was reading into it just for something we were doing at Cracked Rackets, and I saw like forty-two pounds, forty-three pounds, forty-four pounds in. I think about doing that in my rack, and I'm like, well, that would be a waste of time. Like, no need for the tennis there. Again, what leads to these trends, these lower tension rates? Is it simply because just athletically what these pros are able to do now, it's just remarkable? I mean, that's certainly part of it, but a big factor is the swing over to polyester in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, where especially as polyesters continue to become more popular, a lot of players are going lower because it's better for your elbow. So polyester strings are super stiff. So if you're stringing higher, like you would with a natural gut or a synthetic string, a lot of players, um, especially at the recreational level, level are going to hurt their elbows using that high tension. So that's why you see a lot of people starting to string in the 40s. Mm-hmm. There's some pros that go super extreme on the tour too. I, I heard at one point, I don't know if this is still an accurate number, but Jack Stock was mm-hmm. using attention like down in the teens or like low 20s mm-hmm. and he uses 
I think he uses one of the, the Babolat um, polyester strings or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, and it's also, you know, a myth to some degree that you hear people say lower tension gives you more power, higher tension gives you more control. That's not necessarily true. It's more about the trajectory that the ball takes off of your frame. So if you're using a lower tension, the ball's going to have a higher traje- trajectory, which is why people feel like they're getting more power because the ball's going deeper in the court mm-hmm. when really the power isn't really changing. It's just that trajectory. And I think at the lower tension as well, it, it helps with some spin generation. So mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of the pros like that too. I have to explore that concept further because that is – uh, I, I didn't realize it was a myth. That is absolutely uh, the reputation of stringing high versus stringing low. And so can you explore on that just a little bit further? Because, again, I'm someone who has strung a racket my whole life at 58. And at this point, I don't even think of – and for the record, I mean, you guys can see the guns here. Obviously, 58 <laughs> is what I need. Um, but, you know, for me, I, it's just I don't even think about it anymore. I don't – because I am concerned, like, if I go to 51, 52, everyone says, oh, the ball's just going to fly on me why is that perhaps not the case like i said it's all about the trajectory and of course with a lower tension the ball is going to hang on your strings for a longer amount of time so i think that can it it makes players feel uncomfortable and i think there is some truth to the concept that you do lose a little bit of precision with a lower tension just because that ball is spending on your strings it's not just a quick rebound like you have with a higher tension where you might be able to be super accurate with the ball. But that main concept about the power is really, it really is just a myth. I mean, higher tensions are good for, it's kind of tricky because, you know, there's so much to the tension and how that plays in your string bed and your racket and also your game style and how you swing the racket for me. I do like higher tensions because I personally have a pretty fast swing and I feel like if I did drop my tension, then I would have to hold back a little bit because that ball does want to go deeper. And that is an adjustment that players have to make. If you want to go lower tension, you just have to realize that you kind of have to change the angle that you're hitting the ball versus you know maybe trying to hold back where where you wouldn't really have to do that as much if that makes sense mm-hmm. no it, it, it absolutely doesn't by the way nice humble brag there my swing's too fast to tighten uh, i get it no i, I wish <laughs> many moons ago i would have said the same thing and believe me we'll get to your allegheny years i've I've done my research, gentlemen. I am ready uh, for today's podcast. But of course, you know, the way you talk about it, you on, and I think the way I, it's always been decided, uh, described to me is stringing really is an art form, right? It's not just one size fit all. It's not just slap the strings in and whatever happens is going to happen. And of course, I happen to know at Gamma Sports, you've got all sides of the art form covered, Chuck. You, it's not just strings, right? The, again, it, it goes into the stringer. It goes into, you know, what you're doing to your racket frame itself and you know, I was curious, can you talk to our fans a little bit about how you guys at Gamma Sports cover all aspects of, you know, again, maintenance, racket technologies, just ensuring your equipment is where you need to be to get your best performance? Well, I mean, we've often said over the years that and a lot of people I don't even think really paid enough attention to their strings because mm-hmm. you actually hit the ball with the strings. It's no different than, you know, we always use these analogies where you're paying a lot of money for a tennis racket, but then you're not really concerned about what string you put in it. You want to put a high-end string in it if you're paying 
upward $200 a racket. And we use the analogy, I mean, you wouldn't buy a Porsche or Ferrari and run the Sears and buy the road handler tires. You'd get a Pirelli or whatever. Or you wouldn't buy Harman Kardon uh, stereo system and go to Radio Shack and get the realistic speakers. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into hitting a tennis ball. And strings are the most important part, I think, um, really. And I don't think people realize that you can really customize it down to what suits your game entirely from A to Z. You don't have to, you know, just settle for plain old synthetic string. Go with a high-end synthetic. Go with a great poly. Go with a hybrid. And I, I think that they just have to know to ask questions. And the stringer will usually help them. They'll ask the questions of how do you play? What kind of swing speed do you have? Do you like to stay back? I mean, most people do now. Um, do you have a lot of tossing? Questions like that can really help you arrive at the perfect string, perfect match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we do grips too. I mean, a grip's another big part of your bracket. You know, mm-hmm. no, and I, people don't them. one of my favorite words that I don't think is used just enough in life is the word grommet. Like whenever there's yes. grommet talk <laughs> on this podcast, I get excited and I feel like we're going to have a little <laughs> grommet talk here today. But, you know, again, absolutely. In, in terms of and I want to go to you now, you what are yeah. the biggest misnomers related to strings? We've talked about the tension, but is it that, you know, again, that that strings don't matter? Is it as simple as that, that people think they can throw whatever in there and it's just going to work? That's certainly the one that I've run into the most. I mean, it, unfortunately, it was the case for a lot of the players on my team at Allegheny where I'd try to, like, I strung for our team. I'd try to talk to them. Hey, what do you like? What What's your tension? A lot of people just say, you know, I don't really care. Just give me whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing yourself such a disservice by by not, you know, at least exploring what's out there, trying to find what's best for you. I tell people that all the time. There's so many strings out there there's so many different types of strings like it's it's a lot of fun in one sense to go and play with different strings and see what's out there but it's also good for your game and even just thinking about it a little bit puts you in a different kind of space as a tennis player and might make you more appreciative of the technology and the uh, i know for me it gives me that extra love for the game that there's just all these different aspects to it i, I think it's really exciting um but yeah, I, that's definitely the biggest part of this is people need to pay attention, especially to their strings. Mm-hmm. Other things that's- as well, but the strings is really... Mm-hmm. I know when I was younger, my coach, who I happen to have a very good relationship, probably why I do what I do now anyways, he would just say, Alex, it's time for you to um, update. I think it's called the bumper kit, right? The thing on, on the top. And I was like, it is? And he's like, yes, it is. And I'd be like, okay, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Because those are the sorts of things I think a lot of players aren't familiar with. And I know it's not a one-size-fit-all. A lot of it has to do with how frequently you are playing. But I want to go now to you, Chuck, in terms of updating your equipment because again some people buy the racket they're going to play with the strings until the strings break why is that not the most effective method why is that not going to be your best move well this is the perfect time of year to talk about it i mean you're pulling the racket out of the closet especially now because some people may have not even got to play last year at all with covid but it racket strings lose tension over time so as that is if they lose percentage immediately within the first hour of coming off the machine. So if it's sitting in your closet all year, the, the strings have gotten looser. You may not feel the same when you go out and play. So the ideal thing is to take it to someone like you and as a certified stringer. What they'll do is they'll tune the racket up for you. They check the grommets, make sure there's nothing split. They're all in good shape. The edge, the, the bumper guard's intact. Because if you put new strings in, you don't want anything to nick at the string as you put it in. So they're important. 
and then they'll, they'll look at the tension and say, hey, look, you know, they'll ask the questions for you. Um, what do you like to do? Just as I said before, what, how do you play your game and so forth? They'll pick a string for it. And then they'll look at the grip. Oh, the script hasn't been changed, you know, in so long. Uh, perhaps it, it will make this racket look like there. You don't have to buy a new racket then. And it's very important to have that done, I would say, twice a year if you play once a week or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and again, I'm going to ask this question to both of you. I have played tennis, uh, I don't know, since I was six, so almost 20 years now. It, on a scale of one to ten, how embarrassing is it that I still don't know how to grip my own racket? <laughs> Probably off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: as as you guys know, you know, I host a podcast. I like to think my charm is part of the package of me, and I would always just go to a coach and I'd be like, "Please, like, do you mind? Like, you're just so good at it. Like, will you please grip this for me?" And they would say yes. I, the the lowest of the low for me was at a tournament once when I had to ask my opponent before the match. I was like, "Hey, man, like." I'm sorry to be rude. Like, I really don't know how to do this. Like, and can you please? And like, thankfully, again, they were like, yeah, no, not a problem. We'll go for it. But yeah, I fully admit uh, it is not my finest trade. I also, I mean, I, I, I have one strung racket. It took me like an hour, 15 minutes, which I feel like is what it always is going to take you the first time you do it. And it was so, I was just like, patoom, patoom, and just, you know, going really slow and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, again, there's a lot of nuance that goes into racket technology, a lot of nuance that goes into ensuring your equipment is best positioned uh, to give you success. And I know you guys at Gamma, again, continuing to push uh, what is possible, continuing to develop new string technology to advance the game. Uh, I want to go back to you now, Chuck, because I believe you've got your newest string, the TNT React Pro. And as we all know, anything that's TNT is dynamite. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the React Pro. Tell me about the new strings you guys have. Well, we, we kind of gave our regular TNT an upgrade. We, we felt that we needed to do a few different things. So what we did is we added, first we, we started with by adding uh, what we call a, uh, a notch-resistant fibers into the outer core. So it means it's going to move back and forth. You're not going to have that notching. But the, probably the biggest thing we did to the string is we added a... Uh, uh, a low friction coating to it so it, it moves across the cross strings quickly and it snaps back to its original state it kind of behaves like what polyesters do so we feel that's helping a player get a lot of spin even though if they may not want to use a polyester string but they want to get some of the benefits of, of those who are using a polyester string so you get that snap back uh and then it'll, it'll allow the ball to be grabbed a little bit quicker on the string so that way you can more top spin and more underspin because those strings are moving very freely across the uh, cross strings, the main strings that is, and they're not wearing out as fast because of the of the low friction qualities of that uh, coating. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, Same question to you, Yuan. And anything you would add there? I I think Chuck did a perfect job. I mean, <laughs> we've been really happy with that string, um, and just even in the first couple months hearing some really good things about it um, and just getting the sense that it does feel to people like just an overall upgrade to TNT. Um, So yeah, we're really excited about it. Mm -hmm. How This is one of the things I always like to ask because I think my favorite thing if I was working for a place like Gamma would be the testing phase. Would be like, oh, you need someone to swing rackets? You need someone to work on whatever? How does it react? I'm in. Like, I've always looked for job openings on LinkedIn. I'm like, is there a racket tester opening? Because sign me up. Uh, but, you know, Yuan, tell me a little bit about the process. What does it look like when you're developing a string? 
Well, uh, Chuck is, is most in, involved in that phase, but I mean, we do like to, to play with these products, you know, firsthand. We're lucky enough that we have some tennis courts right outside of our facility here in Pittsburgh. So when we get the chance, if the weather's nice, we'll go out, we'll hit around with the streets for half an hour, 45 minutes, get our first impressions, um, see if there's any tweaks that need to be made just to the quality of the string. Um, but overall, yeah, just going out and playing with it is the best thing that you can do to get a sense of, of what the string is going to perform, uh, how it's going to perform. Mm-hmm. Chuck, would you mind elaborating on that as well? What does that test process look like? Well, it's nice because I, I know when I came to you, and was, he's such a techie that, you know, he loves this kind of stuff. So I'm bringing new strings to him. His eyes are lighting up, you know, because, <laughs> hey, and I don't, I don't, it's nice when the stuff comes in, we, we, we kind of spec out what we're looking for, but you never really know what it's going to play like until you did it. So it's a nice, pleasant surprise when it, hey, this is, this is exactly what we wanted. Or there's a case where uh, we've tested strings, two hits, the ball went right through the racket. The strings just broke so easily. They were so fragile. But we get the strings in, we go through some testing in the lab downstairs uh, and also play testing. And then once we get to a certain point where we feel confident, then we, we reach out to some people that we know who have been loyal Gamma followers who've given us great feedback, tennis pros. Sometimes it's a, a retailer or two, and they put it in the hands of some of their top players. And then that way we ga- gather all the feedback and say, okay, this is, this is going in the right direction. If it's not, we stop it and we head and see what we can do to improve it, if it's worthwhile continuing, or we move on to the next string. But it's a process where you start you know, maybe 18 months out trying to figure out, okay, what we need to bring in, can we get it? Once we get it, does it work? Can we fine tune it? And then what are we going to call it? How are we going to package it? What are the features and benefits of the string? And what do we need to do to market and promote it to get the public onto it? Mm-hmm. So it's a I nice have, 18 month process or so. I have to say, it sounds like a very fun 18 month process as oh, well, yeah. certainly. And, you know, obviously, again, you guys are rolling out those new strings, but that's not the only product you guys have available at Gamma Sports. Can you talk about some of the other racket technology accentuations, just all the things you guys have available, Chuck, uh, for those tennis fans out there who are trying to update their equipment? Well, I mean, we're the leader, I believe, in stringing machines. So if whether you want to be a home stringer or if you're looking to start a, a tennis specialty shop, we have a stringer for you. Uh, we, we own the ball hopper brand, so all the teaching pros come to us. We sell all the court equipment. We do have teaching uh, practice balls. Uh, we certainly sell a lot of grips and vibration dampers, accessories, and so forth. Uh, I mean, we, we like to look at us at you can come to us and we can satisfy all your needs as far as tennis. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it's a little thing. I don't think I've ever seen a non-gamma ball hopper. And I know that's like a – it's a little thing. But truthfully, I, I, I do think – and those are the little accentuations. that There are teams across the country, high school, tennis, uh, college, 4-5, 4-0, adult leagues, whatever – it feels like they all do have the gamma hoppers, the gamma, you know, whether it's the cart or just the bag that they're bringing with them. Uh, it's it, because it's not just the strings, right? That's the flashy item. But you guys, you have everything else as well. Well, I like to think that you can go to any club in the country and you're going to see something of ours in yeah. that building, whether it's a net, whether it's a ball hopper, whether it's strings or grips on the wall. I mean, and I mean, it's one of our core values is to to uh, meet the needs of the everyday player 
Mm-hmm. So we feel we we measure that by touching as many people we can who are using our products or playing tennis with a ten, our tennis balls, our grips. So that's how we measure how well we're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Yuan. What would you say now with a gamma stringer is your uh, you know racket per minute basis? Are you up to you know it takes eight minutes to string a racket? What are you at? Uh, I'm not quite at eight minutes. <laughs> I can do. I can get around 20 minutes pretty solid if i'm really pushing it Damn. i can get to around 17 so yeah, if you break that speed limit you'll you'll hit 17 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i still got a little bit to go before i'm like really at a tour level speed wise <laughs> uh, i keep i keep pushing myself there you know <laughs> no that's good seven first of all that's impressive again took me like an hour 15 and i definitely didn't do it right um but no i know uh-huh. and and 40... two hours my first time i think <laughs> yeah exactly no <laughs> i probably remember an hour 15 because i think at that mark the person i was with was like just let me finish it like this is just <laughs> stupid for all of us um but you know again it's not just tennis uh i know you guys have also dipped the toes into pickleball as well chuck what led to that decision to just you know again is it the natural crossover between tennis players pickleball players uh well it, that was part of it um mm-hmm. i've been lucky i've had a lot of different roles here i've been here a long time mm-hmm. and uh and one of the roles i had i was in sales so i was calling on some of the big stores and sports authority which was a big box store at the time i was visiting them and we went through the tennis thing and these guys were so excited to tell me chuck you got to get into pickleball we need pickleball grips we need this you know you guys can make the grips so coming back here we find out okay there are a lot of individuals buying grip from us mm-hmm. and putting them on paddles so, so wait a minute we better look at pickleball this is growing is there something going on here this was 2015 and i will tell you it hasn't stopped growing and we've been in it now for six years and it's just it's just crazy how well the sports blown up uh, as you can tell you, we, we just came back from the U.S. Open of pickleball down in Naples, Florida, 2,200 players. And it was, it was I'm sure you and I, it was an awesome sight for my first time there. But see, coming from tennis, you, you try to figure out how they get all those people through in a tournament because playing tennis tournaments, I knew it took four days usually or a week. <laughs> they, they're running events one day. They're going through it. And yep. they're really pushing players through. It's quite, it's quite interesting when you see it for the first time as you would probably like to tell you, it's great. But nonetheless, there's paddles being sold. There's there's like 270 companies marketing and selling paddles. In that. Now, it's it's really off the charts. Mm-hmm. Ewan, give me the details. How were the pickleball championships? Are you a pickleball player yourself? I, I'm a beginner pickleball player. I think, you know, being a tennis player for a while. It's, it's all inherent. Different. It's going to work. Right. Yeah. right. It's just like any other racket sport, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it feels... It feels pretty easy to transition. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I love the sport, and I'd love to get into it more. Mm-hmm. Going down to the U.S. Open and just seeing a pickleball tournament of that scale for the first time was really exciting. And and it's really cool, um, the dynamic of the tournament, how you can see just kind of everyday players who like to compete mixed in with professional pro, uh, players who, who do this as kind of their, their job and are there to, to win and make money. Um, just seeing them mingle and, and come through, come to our booth, look at the products, and it's kind of seeing everyone in one space versus a tennis tournament where the professionals and the fans are very separated. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really cool dynamic that, that the tournament had. Um, and like Chuck said, getting through so many matches in one day despite rain, despite some tricky conditions, um, it's really impressive. And 
Um, of course, uh, the volunteers down there are awesome. Um, they all do a fantastic job of getting that event going through um, really smoothly. Mm-hmm. It was a really exciting tournament to watch. Mm-hmm. No, I I remember, again, I, I I don't know why you guys would know this other than the fact that we're recording this on Zoom and you can see an M on my chest this side, um, <laughs> that I grew up in Michigan and uh, my first job after college was in Michigan as well. And, you know, right before I – because I moved here for Crack Rackets to Indianapolis in 2020 and I would say end of 2018, start of 2019 – I don't remember exactly how it happened. My, I think my cousin played in a pickleball league, and he couldn't play one day. He's like, can you go fill in for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. What do I care? I'm, I'm in. Like, it's racket sport. I think I'll be okay. And I remember I, pl- I played in, and it was first time in – respect you know again it's the same as tennis it's like riding a bike and they go oh you're you're pretty good have you played this before I was like no they're like oh then you must have played a lot of tennis in your life I was like yes that is the answer to the question (laughs) and it is though such a fun transition and I ended up getting you know in the league there's like an eight people league that ran uh games every Saturday and it's the thing I might miss most about moving from Michigan is that I no longer have my pickleball league but it's people of all ages, Chuck. It's, you know, again, there of course right. it's a little easier on the knees, 50s, 60s, sure you can play, but I mean, I see 20s, you know, early 20s, early 30s uh people who are playing the sport picking it up and absolutely loving it. Uh, there's a lot of young people too, just mm-hmm. to give you an idea how fast it's grown. Um there this year there's two pro tours already. Mm-hmm. And the top player, the top player estimates he'll make $250,000 this year between his endorsements and his prize winnings. So it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. There's probably a 20 stop tour where they're going all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy happens to be winning all three events, mixed men's and singles. And uh, it, it, it's really something to see. I mean, just the growth, just the five years that I've been involved with it. Mm-hmm. No, and everyone knows the one rule, and it's good because I always try and sneak in one swear word per podcast, but everyone knows the rule, no b- in the kitchen. That's the only thing that f- flies uh, regarding pickleball, but yes, no, I would I would uh, agree with you. Like, it, it, it truly is so fun. It's so fast, right? It's, it's like, yeah. I would say if, if you crossed ping pong, the speed of ping pong with the nuance of tennis, you would have pickleball. It would be my closest approximation and again you get to play with a wiffle ball it's half the fun as well you're not going to get hurt if you get hit with the ball so you can be aggressive all these different things uh it is a ton of fun and you know again i don't want to take up too much more of your time so just i promise one last question for each of you i'll start with you you when you look pickleball tennis in general uh this past year and a half there have been anecdotal evidence the usda has released their tennis participation numbers you talk about the rise in pickleball Racket sports do seem to be on the rise from a playing perspective. And in the pandemic, it was one of the few things that people could do. And so I suppose that's certainly part of the reason. But have you guys noticed that at Gamma as well? Has there been an increased interest? And again, this is my final question to both of you. I just want, I'll start with you, Yuan. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, I know when I first started here with, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, at first, it was it was definitely tough for us, as it was for everybody out there. Um, but we were really fortunate, I think, to see um, some actual growth during that time period. I think because so many people were picking up the game for the first time or going out and playing more because maybe they were stuck at home and this was one of the only ways to get outside and kind of be with people in a in a safe setting. So I, I think 
in that time, we really saw, um, a, I mean, a, a significant amount of growth that we weren't expecting um, in our sales of, of pickleball and tennis. Um, and it's it was really cool to see. And I think, you know, you mentioned how these sports have been on the rise. Um, I think as a tennis player, I always focus on tennis. Um, <laughs> but it's been interesting for me to see because tennis has always been super popular in, in Europe and other places across the world, Asia. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like since I've been a young kid, it's it's feels like it's gaining popularity here. Um, not, if not people playing, people watching it on TV, getting excited about you know these top players, Nadal, Federer, Serena, um, just keep, they become kind of more household names um, as I've grown up. And I think it's just really exciting to see the sport, you know, mm-hmm. kind of growing in that way for me. Yeah, absolutely. Look, that's the bet we're hoping on here at Cracked Rackets as well. Same question to you, Chuck. It does feel like everyone you ask, anecdotally, they're playing tennis in their life. I know the texts I get, hey, I'm going to go hit for the first time. What should I be doing? And I'm like, well, you should probably take two weeks off and quit because it's not going to go well for you. And that's where we're ended up anyways. Uh, But, you know, again... I, not for you know from a business standpoint that's not as much as i'm asking just in general do you feel like people have gained interest in the sport of late uh, absolutely because i will tell you that uh just towards the end of last summer when things started to open up a little bit more mm-hmm. i we had to start waiting for courts again mm-hmm. you know it's been a while since that had to happen and I, i'm i'm, I'm I'm sure I'm waiting an hour, hour and a half. And that was, I'm used, I'm not used to it, but I grew up that way. Yeah. You know, when I played, we waited two hours for a court and nobody blinked. You just sat there and waited and you got your turn. And mm-hmm. and that's how it was uh, late last summer, going into the fall and already this spring. Mm-hmm. There's more and more people coming back. And when I look at the courts, there are a lot of beginners out there. They're, they're with their first racket or they got their first ball hopper. They're hitting the ball once, chasing it, hitting it twice, <laughs> chasing it, you know? And so, you know, they're beginners, but they're having fun and they, they keep coming back. And, and that's good because we need that. I mean, we need tennis to get back to where it once was. And we want people to come out, get hooked on it, buy new equipment, have fun with it, get the legs going again, stuff like that. I think it's, it's on its way up, back up, I think so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, the one thing I would say to any beginners out there, just keep in mind, in order to play shirtless, you have to be the best player on the court. That's always been the rule. Every facility you travel to, just so everyone is aware. But uh, again, I guess I'm going to sneak in one more question to you. And uh, this one will go to you, Chuck, for anyone out there who would like to update their equipment or support the team at GAM. And again, we here at Crack Rackets are so grateful for your support. Highly encourage everyone to go check out GammaSports.com. But you know, that, that's the central hub, right? But you can find Gamma products in any pro shop across the country. That's true, yeah. Yeah, our products are everywhere. Um, Tennis Warehouse, Tennis Express, Amazon, Pro Shops. You can find us just about everywhere where tennis is, <laughs> is in. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same sure. question to you, Chuck. Yeah, and uh, everywhere and anywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for the most part. I mean, I it's hard to believe there wouldn't be a tennis shop that doesn't have strings, grips of ours, and accessories. Uh, some of the big boxes have a little bit more of a of, uh, – the hoppers and so forth but it, it, we're not hard no. the products everyone will be satisfied with them mm-hmm. i think uh it'll be good for them their, their game if they play with gamma 
Absolutely. Well, then I will sneak in one more bonus question just on my behalf. French Open favorites, men's and women's side. I'm going to start with you, Yuan. Who are you taking on the men's side? Is it going to be another Rafa storm to the title? Who you got on the women's side? Barty, Halep, what are you feeling? Uh, I'll start with the women's because I like Halep <laughs> for that one. She's already won the French Open. And I, I love her game. She's a fight. Um, so I think she might come through strong there. But you can never count Osaka out either. She's such a just a well-rounded player, really exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard not to pick Rafa on the men's <laughs> side, but I would love to see a team come through and, and get one. Mm-hmm. No, I love both of those picks. Same question to you, Chuck. Uh, I I think Barty. I just think she's playing well, and she's just so strong. I think she can last, you know, the whole two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Halep has been there before. Kennan might sneak in there, too, if she gets her head right. But I think it just depends on the draw. I think it's the same thing. For, I like the doll, but Sissy Boss is gaining more and more confidence playing him. Uh, I mean, I think the doll's very lucky to get out of Barcelona with the win, you know, just ticking the end of the racket on match point. Mm-hmm. So I think Sissy Boss has a confidence, but I think that'll just depend on the draw, too. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. And again, two out of three sets is one thing. Beating Rafa three out of five. That's why he is the prohibited favorite. But I agree with you. I, I love the way Tsitsipas has looked of late. And just his ability to play front foot tennis on clay, uh, that's everything. And so, again, certainly I like both of those predictions. And again, I am a fan of all products at Gamma Sports. I sincerely encourage all of our listeners if you haven't already go check out gammasports.com but again chuck Ewan, thank you so much for your time this morning hope you both stay safe stay healthy and again don't be strangers we'll get you on the podcast again sometime soon because this was a good time yes thanks a lot for having me thanks alex of course take care guys With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hope all of you enjoyed today's conversation with Chuck Feetmeyer and Ewan Melenfont of Gamma Sports. A huge thank you to both of them and Gamma for their continued support of everything we do here at Crack Rackets. Sincerely, without it, we wouldn't be able to cover all the various different levels of the sport, all of the a million things happening in the tennis world on any given moment. So the way you can go show support for our friends at Gamma, go to their website, use our promo code, get yourself a little bit of a discount as well. And again, whether it's stringing machines, string themselves, maybe you need a ball hopper, a ball cart, a net, whatever it may be, Gamma's got you covered. So be sure to go check them out. Let them know we sent you here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, speaking of the million things happening in the tennis world, we've got it all covered on our website, CrackedRackets.com. The mini break podcast, GSP, is going to be focused on the ATP, WTA, and college tennis action, as well as the challenger level uh, circuit that is unfolding. So much great tennis 
because it's hard to keep track of it all. I don't even know what to plug, so I will simply say follow it all by tuning to our website, CrackedRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, view to this podcast, The Great Shot Podcast, Mini Break Podcast, and all of our shows here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at midwest sports go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 as well but with that in mind for the fantastic chuck Vietmeyer, ewan melanfont for super producers fligner and westoff our friends at gamma sports our friends at midwest sports and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the crack interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone